0: Hello everyone and welcome to this week's Pink Bike Podcast. Those of you expecting Michael Levy will be very sad to hear that he's polishing up his curling skills in more ways than one, as he is at the 65 and over. He's manufactured a birth certificate to enter the OAP League in Vancouver, so he is he's putting some time in the curling miles. Now, I, Henry Quiddy, am joined by warranty expert, Mr. Brian Park. And we're going to get on to understanding warranties a little bit better on as we go through the show. But before we get to warranties, Brian, let's talk about some of the bigger news stories of the week. The first of all, first of all, we're talking about that new Da Vinci chainsaw bike. Now, it's a bike. It's got lots of interesting things about it. I don't want to bag on this bike. I think it's really cool. They're doing some cool stuff with the Stevie Smith Foundation. It's not the most beautiful bike in all the world. It isn't. It isn't
1: the most beautiful bike in all the world, but it is not. It is called the chainsaw. It is called so, the chainsaw. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really care if it's like. It doesn't look so bad that it would stop me from buying it if it was sweet. Um, that seat tube, the way that they're doing that seat tube is not attractive at
0: all. Well, it looks in some. If I was being, do I have permission to be a bit mean? Not too mean. Yeah. Are, are we? Mean. Are we the aesthetic elite over here? Well, I know. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm walking on thin ice as it is, but it does look like it's been made up of three different bikes, you know, somewhere along the line. Although, to be fair, it does have super progressive geometry, you know, in its mm-hmm. steepest setting, it's still south of 63 degrees, really nearly 80 degrees seat tube <laughs> angle, massive reach, and I guess that seat tube angle is as much about keeping that reach in check in terms of the effective top tube as it is about balance coming into mm-hmm. four sizes from small to extra large interestingly enough this is i suppose in some ways the existential threat that the downhill bike fears super progressive super slack but the option to bolt on a dual crown to 170 mil fork do you think that this this style of bike is going to threaten the downhill bike in the long term
1: yes i mean yeah. it, it's already i don't think very many brands out there are looking at the end of their year financial year going like ah oh, it was the downhill bikes that really that really <laughs> did it for us this year we're making hundreds of dollars thanks to downhill bikes you well,
0: know even even like i know a year ago two years ago it felt like there was a plateau in terms of bikes brands interest in developing downhill bikes but then we seen giant come to the fore with that new glory gt with a new force santa cruz still developing the v10 i mean it feels there's forbidden with that bike you know. there's loads of more downhill bikes coming out. And it makes me excited. I want there to be lots of downhill bikes. I think there's probably an element
1: of everybody had to spend a bunch of time getting caught up on e-bikes. And now, mm. especially as there was a lot of excitement and interest during COVID people were like, okay, let's put efforts into, into the platforms we've neglected giant. Yes. Um, you know, yeah, and totally. it's cool to see. I'm excited to see these bikes. I do think that in the long run, these sort of enduro plus. Are we gonna say super enduro? I don't know what we want to say. Say, but so just like, get it
0: over and done with. Rip the bandaid. Ugh. Super enduro. <laughs> All enduro.
1: All Big enduro. mountain.
0: <laughs> Big super mountain. All enduro. All enduro is actually a really good name. <laughs> but it's funny because we were just talking about this now how. I don't know man like if I'm riding what's funny is when we talk about park bikes and this idea of fun everyone knows what we mean by saying a bike's more or less fun but it's sort of precludes this concept as that like you don't have fun riding tech you have fun on jumps and you get scared on tech this is how we do it you know and so you talk about a downhill bike not being like not maybe not being enough fun even though it's gonna make you feel safe and secure and able to push really hard on stuff that might have previously scared you and then we're like oh the park bike that's a fun bike but it's stupid (laughs) we just mean pop did we just mean pop yeah although this is a
1: high pivot so Mm. conventional wisdom would say less pop that wasn't that wasn't necessarily (laughs) our experience with it but
0: (laughs) uh God, less pop, more pop, high fun, low pivot. I don't know. It's it's all going on. I think this bike is, I think it would be unfair to dismiss it as merely rental fodder. Oh, for sure. But I do think it will, this, it will, there'll be a lot of rental places looking around being like, wow, this is a bike that would actually cover off a lot of bases for your daily rentals, right?
1: Totally. Absolutely. It made me, I went back before the podcast and looked at, the 2013 Stevie Smith, um, mm. um, they had had like a prototype for World Champs yes, when it was in, in South Africa. South
0: Africa, and he crashed on the first corner and ended suicide no hands on the way down.
1: Yeah, which was sweet. pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, um, it, the bike. I was I was kind of hoping there would be some sort of tie-in to that bike because that was also a made in Canada one-off bike. It's not. It's totally different, but sort of the the ethos of the bike is somewhat similar.
0: Yeah, I mean, I also wonder, because if I am right in thinking this, Da Vinci, or maybe the, they run in a similar factory or something, but they do a lot of production for sort of city bikes mm-hmm. and the, the rental fleets around town. I'm not saying it's it's the same, but you know they definitely got the expertise in alloy. I've actually oh. got <laughs> like 10 years ago, maybe even longer, but way longer, like probably 2010 or something like that my friend got a DaVinci downhill bike this red and white wilson my 2011 one i think he came into some like inheritance money and he bought this brand new downhill bike and we were we collectively it was like we were all we were all stakeholders in just the the hype around this bike and how excited totally. we were totally. and he um he was quite like a studious chap and he looked over the small print of everything regarding the warranty which, which we'll come back to later on incredibly precisely like he was like adamant that he bought this new bike and he was going to get every gram of warranty out of it going and he interpreted and we all interpreted based off his sort of reading of the small print that any modification to the bike would undermine and cancel out the warranty but hmm. he took that as not even be able to like cut the seat tube or the bars down <laughs> and the whole time he was like this seat tube's too long but boy oh boy i want that
1: warranty <laughs> sorry this the seat post or the seat tube? Oh, sorry, the seat post. The yeah. seat post is too long.
0: <laughs> and he just rode it like that. And we're all like, wow, you're slave to the game, man. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, yeah, so, I mean, fantastic.
1: for in, in the warranty discussion, since this is the pod today, uh, that chainsaw has a, it's a made in Canada frame and it has a lifetime warranty. Do you know if it's lifetime of the product or lifetime of the person who bought it?
0: Well, this is it. I think that, my interpretation of lifetime warranties is it's the lifetime of the product, and most brands consider the lifetime of a bicycle to be five years.
1: It turned that that was certainly the case five to ten years ago. That mm. has definitely changed, um and we'll oh, get to yeah. that later, yeah, yeah uh, but yeah let's let's finish the news before we let's finish go to the news, do, yeah, yeah let's do
0: that. Um, so that bike, you know, relatively value orientated, you know you can get the, the top spec one for under five grand and sort of the all mountainy one for under four. And yeah, I think that's um, pretty sweet. So also in the news is it's not been a great week for free riders and racers. I mean, check this out for a story. So Gully broke his femur in an avalanche and I'm gonna read this sort of verbatim from the article. After triggering a small avalanche, he found himself alone and buried up to his waist, unable to make contact with any of his group realizing that his leg was broken and sideways he dragged himself 150 foot to a safe zone and eventually managed to make verbal contact with his group after waiting three hours due to weather delays he was rescued by North Shore rescue and went on to spend six days in Lionsgate Hospital mm-hmm. uh, that's pretty rough going that's that's a that's a, that's a good day on the hill <laughs> yeah that's a yeah so he
1: as I understood it when he told me about it he basically his. His group was below him and he wasn't mm. sure if they could hear him. Right. Um, and so he like got himself out and like slid down with a floppy leg <gasps> down to where no. he could make contact. Yeah. No. Hold on. Let me, let me see what his text said. Yeah. before the tight, sh- stopped to see where his crew was and some slough took out his legs, tried to kick the skis, but couldn't get him and it took him into some trees. One tree broke his femur and stopped him, had to straighten his leg, remove the other ski, and just decided he had to commit to sliding down the rest to get to a flat area. <laughs> no. <laughs> like you just, man, he just had to turn his brain off and be like, I need to do this. Yeah. Um, do you think...
0: Because um, you you once had a a um, estate-sponsored ride in a helicopter, didn't you? How I was did. that for you? It did. Free helis. Social- Socialism. <laughs> 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 it was... Brian. Let's go easy now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was a a similar. It was a similar experience, Um, Mm. and yeah. Also, pseudo pseudo
0: bites back. Huh. It
1: it wasn't pseudo suga, but it was a fairly mellow (laughs) section of trail, um, and just inattention, and uh, yeah, stupid. The yeah, Gully's ability to turn his brain off and get himself, you know, make that call is is Mm. wild. He, fun fact, he, uh, like just the week before, or a couple of weeks before he'd gotten a a fresh tattoo that said, good luck on his leg. (laughs) And, and that is where they had to go in on the surgery. Um, (gasps) so like his brand new good luck tattoo has now a broken bone hole in it. Oh, Oh, perfect. Yeah, man, it's
0: funny. Me and um, Max, our videographer slash producer, pers- doer of things person, we're talking yesterday. <laughs> the person we who actually does all the work here. The, basically, yeah, yeah, the engine room, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we're talking about like when you have a crash and you know you know it's bad and you're riding high on adrenaline and you're like, I've got 10 minutes to get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Totally. When I well, um, a fine. couple of weeks ago, like two months ago, maybe a bit more. I prop, I hit my leg really hard and got stuck at in- stuck in an office chair for like two days, <laughs> and I am so stoked it wasn't a femur break Ugh, because yeah. it was. I don't think I was that far away. It was pretty, pretty rough. Um, so no, poor, got Gully. And also, there were other people having a, yeah. a less than wonderful time. We got Jackson Goldstone. as his appendix, Ugh. and hopefully, I think I guess he might miss that test of- test event at Fort William, mm-hmm. but I think he should he should have enough time to hopefully kind of come into the start of the season and his first elite campaign firing on all cylinders. We've also seen Fabio Vidma robbed in Chile and offering a hefty cash reward of $5,000 for missing hard drives. It's not so much the equipment, but it's the the film they've captured on this trip. Uh,
1: I can't, yeah, that is just brutal. And they probably didn't have great like internet, so you couldn't be doing cloud backups.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just so frustrating. So sucks.
1: There's, um, there's definitely. It made me think of the the legendary footage that we sometimes have missed from for various reasons, like um, Cam Zink's backflip, Rampage mm-hmm. backflip. I don't know if this is true, but I'm gonna pass it on as truth because I heard it once. Um, I think his, I think he didn't turn the camera on, his BOV camera on. No way. Um, and so that footage just doesn't exist yeah or it malfunctioned wow. I'm not totally sure it wasn't a GoPro it was another brand where their entire their <laughs> entire USP was that it's easy to get
0: it started yes um, did it have then, a sliding mechanism on the top of the camera I don't remember Yeah. I think, Does it, is, yeah. That, is that what those I had I think it was, was it a Contour yeah, they something were big like that. for a yeah. and they would go on your goggle strap <laughs> that was the I never had, one. I, never had oh, one. I had one I thought it was excellent
1: but you so it never failed on you when you did a
0: backflip off of a 40-foot cliff i I think it did actually now now to come to think of it all my footage was lost Um, (laughs) anyways um,
1: fabio that is brutal
0: that sucks yeah Mm -hmm. um going on you know there's kind of a lot going on in the news at the moment regarding wheels and warranties which kind of prompted the interest in our chat but a small segue before we get there Recently, we also saw Revel's downhill bike in thermoplastic made by a company called Arivo, which actually was funded to some degree or indirectly by the CIA, which is absolutely mad, but that, that's another chat <laughs> for another time. Now, thermoplastic is a slightly greener alternative compared to um, carbon fiber. Basically, as far as I can understand it, when you're molding carbon, the chemical there's a chemical change in the sort of glue when it's cured, which means it can't be returned to its previous uncured form with thermoplastic. the properties of the glue don't change when cured, so it does open up avenues for potential recycling in a way that you can't really do with carbon. Am I completely wrong there, or does that sound about right? uh
1: I think you're semi wrong there are there semi-wrong. are ways cool yeah taught, I mean, me through it' I don't really I think, understand <laughs> I mean I'm probably semi wrong here too. But I don't... All
0: together, we can unite and... Be fully wrong. Add. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give 50% each of the truth, 50% of the wrong, so we've got 100% truth, 100% wrong in one topic. Yeah. It.
1: I mean, I, regardless of what people say, I suspect that the real advantage of this thermoplastic 3D printed frame is in its um, low human interaction uh, creation. Mm. You don't have a ton of people laying things up, breathing fumes, etc., and Mm -hmm. because it's additive manufacturing instead of subtractive you're not wasting as much material um so every Mm. all of the things get put into the frame i'm really interested i mean obviously 3d print dork i'm super interested to see this thing i will say that the company did a they have or had i don't know a road bike that massively fell short of expectations like massively um oh no yeah it it um, uh, James Wang actually weighed weighed the road bike finally after getting his hands on it, um, and it, it's more than double what they'd claim. It's a three hundred and almost three, uh, 3145 grams, so li- literally twice as heavy or three times as heavy as some road road frames out there. Wow. Well, yeah, um, okay. So, so that's a shame. Um, it matters less on <laughs> downhill bikes, but it you know for for context that's heavier than a lot of trail and enduro frames out there even with shock mm-hmm. um, yeah. maybe not enduro it's heavier than a lot of trail frames out there with shock and yes. i'd be curious to yeah i'm really curious to get my hands on or at least more information about that revel because obviously they know how to make a bike and they seem and to think it's a beautiful it's, bike It thing. is, I and mean, they think I it's think viable it's really great so if mm-hmm. it's vi- if it's viable to to like keep exploring, I'm really interested. So Forge
0: and Bond have also brought out some um, thermoplastic wheels, these sort of enduro wheels that come in 29 inch, coming under two kilograms for the set, Uh, currently gonna be like long-term reviewed by our man, Dario. And as you pointed out, there is some excellent, excellent copy in the marketing material. So So this wheel, this wheel set costs two thousand six hundred US, and with that, you get a bit of romance, you get a bit of razzmatazz in the copy. So the FMB thirty EM is stiff when and where it counts, providing unmatched performance in the corners, the steeps, and in the sheets. I mean, if that's not enough oh. to make yourself to make you want to throw yourself off a bridge, I'm not sure quite what is. That is a fantastic bit of copy. Yeah, that I got butterflies. <laughs> yeah very interesting i don't know if do you think that's either a result of lots like a writing room doing the pr Mm. or no one checking it whatsoever it's one or the other i assume that the the,
1: this is the nsa's um company that is infiltrating (laughs) cycling so i'm assuming it was an an nsa policy wonk yes that's that's my assumption
0: (laughs) but these wheels are um you know the rim only comes over just under 500 grams made in gunnison maybe paying into that playing into the nra vibes there coming from gunnison utah and with an internal rim width of the almost near standard 30 mil um yeah i mean and they look pretty cool I and mean, what's there to yeah. say without riding them they're bloody expensive you'd hope they'd be pretty good and you'd hope they'd have a lifetime warranty and they certainly do yeah. Other wheels that have a lifetime warranty coming out this week are the alloy offering, the turbine art from Raceface. Now, this could be a really important wheel set, mm-hmm. not necessarily because it's pushing out, you know, new design and manufacturing techniques, but rather because how OE relationships with a brand like Raceface will tie in with their partners at Fox, and you'll see lots of fox bikes well lots of bikes spec with fox i imagine also spec with these wheels and mm-hmm. they can kind of offer a better sort of package deal now so these wheels which have an aftermarket price of just under 800 US dollars come in to be honest for similar sort of weights just under the 2 uh, 2 kilo mark made of 6069 aluminum and yeah again it, with a lifetime warranty that's what's inter- interesting to
1: me is that you don't see that many aluminum wheels with lifetime warranties because they
0: get dinged up yeah totally we saw those santa cruz ones come out a little while ago which you know it's funny seeing santa cruz go from well in their reserve branding go from obviously to honest doing a pretty bloody good job in the carbon wheel area Mm -hmm. then then coming to alloy and um but let's let's talk about how a brand would approach a warranty and we'll come back to how that you know works with wheels in a little bit so firstly in simple terms what what is in your mind a warranty
1: i guess we should probably talk about all the things we're not talking about first which is we're not talking about wear and tear we're not talking about paint paint even although i think there's an argument to be made that paint should be covered because there are Mm -hmm. there are Terrible paint jobs in the industry Do and finishes.
0: Think, are we talking paint? Because for me, <laughs> I would say in carbon frames, you sometimes see the lacquer flake away mm-hmm. around, you know, where there's been flex and mm-hmm. things like that. Do you class that as paint or as... Because because as 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 bicyclists, we often conflate lacquer with delamination.
1: Mm-hmm. And the, a brand would certainly usually consider that paint. A finish mm. thing. Yes, I'd say it's um, finished too. One thing in doing a bit of digging for this podcast that I realized is that most, so obviously most bike brands aren't the people actually making the bike. They don't, there is no factory with their name on the side of it
0: mm-hmm.
1: in in China somewhere or in, in Southeast Asia somewhere going with, with yeah, name on the side and them owning the whole, like being fully vertically integrated. Um, there are warranties for, from the manufacturer to the brand, you know, for a lot of bikes, mm. but they're not very good. <laughs> so like the, from what I can see, um, and confirmed by a couple of people, it seems like it's only really most, most frame factories are only doing like a two year ish warranty, but from the manufacturing date. Um, so, which it can take six months to get on the floor or more. So really a year, a year and a half. Um, and that's it. And anything beyond that gets eaten the, the having to eat, any costs associated or eaten with the, by the brand. So mm-hmm. when we're talking about warranty, we are saying structural defects in material or workmanship. I think that's the type of language you see in most warranties. Yeah um and they want to usually most bike brands try very hard to separate the the products the the parts they bolt to the bike from the the frame that they manufacture um which i don't i think that there's a case to be made for both because you can't really control the you know if the frame if the brake brand or the chainring brand um had a defect like part of me thinks no, the 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 chainring people should fix that, you know, or the brake people mm-hmm. should fix that. Um, should make you whole on that. But on the flip side, that, y- it's a whole, it's a complete thing. And like, if my car has an issue, yes. I just go to the, I I call super well, yeah, and,
0: and the the brand's the one specing it. I mean, yeah, inversely. I mean, I think we saw that a bit. For instance, I'd say without trying to, I mean, it's a long time ago now. I don't. I think Kane Creeker really. Great company doing lots mm-hmm. of interesting, wonderful things, but I think mm-hmm. they got their fingers burnt maybe, as, maybe 2015 when they went OE for Specialized, mm-hmm. and it felt, you know, talk aside one of the shocks to be honest, it didn't, it wasn't too reliable, mm-hmm. and it felt trying to get it warranted because I was traveling a lot at different <laughs> different uh, importers, and they were kind of like, well, hold on, we just we just bring in Cane Creeks, they make excellent headsets. Specialized have done this big deal with them. Made how many thousand of these shocks, and now we're having to pick mm-hmm. up the pieces. Why can't it go through specialized? Do you know what I mean? It was because totally. it's only going to be sold on specialized, and it had one of those, um, even had a proprietary yoke on there. You know, mm-hmm. it was like, this is only a specialized problem. Why are we dealing with it?
1: And I think that that's why a lot of discussions around warranty really are just discussions around after sales service. And yes, because some, some companies have. Like not great warranty on paper, but are known for great warranties. Um, mm-hmm. um, for I mean, we were just talking about Santa Cruz. It, looking around, they have a pretty good warranty in terms of what people, or in terms of what's on paper, but it's not the best. In terms of, it's not the broadest. Sorry, best is probably the wrong word. It's not the broadest in that it, it says it's for the lifetime of the product rather than the lifetime of the person who bought it. And it applies only to the original owner. So that's not as good as some of the others. It's not as Trek, for example, is, um, lifetime of the owner and its subsequent owners are entitled to three years from the original purchase. Um, so those are like, really excellent warranties. The Santa Cruz one Mm. isn't quite as good on paper, but a lot of people say that Santa Cruz has an excellent warranty, uh, including other other people in the industry.
0: But do you think that, you know, I mean, Santa Santa Cruz obviously shall sell a shit ton of bikes. Do you think that, I know it feels, and maybe this is maybe, maybe I've just had a different experience, but this has been my experience with Santa Cruz, is they often, in your town, they team up with the best shop. Mm -hmm. I think they're really specific about which shops they go in with. And oftentimes they get people. The difference between someone who's really passionate about riding and someone that isn't just doing a job as a job might be that the person that rides a lot understands that four weeks is a long time in summer. If you've been waiting all winter to ride Mm -hmm. your bike and then you'd ride it off in the first week. And it feels like, you know, with these, again, you know, with these sort of, direct to consumer brands, which I'm sure do a really great job who are made of providers, they don't get that first interaction of meeting someone at the shop that understands them and listens to them and goes, wow, that really sucks. Let's try and fix this. And so they're always sort of playing catch up. And I think mm-hmm. that that's oftentimes I think why people think that Santa Cruz Warranty could be so good is because they feel listened to. And I think that's a big part of it.
1: Yeah. I also think that the, in general, the word I hear about Santa Cruz from shop people is that they are they push the shop pretty hard um in general and Mm -hmm. they're a little bit frustrating to deal with but they sell like crazy so everybody puts up with that and i i don't know i don't know if that what that how that translates to warranty but they do end up often in the a shops
0: in town yes and let's talk about how firstly when we talk about lifetime warranty whose lifetime is that
1: well that's that's what i was saying like with for trek and specialized it is now that's what's changed is it's um
0: is life it my lifetime? Of,
1: yes it's yours it's it, the the wording <laughs> so
0: just, i mean you find like, you find trek just trying to like feed me high cholesterol foods like oh no give him more bacon and butter <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you get a bike it, and you get a free like battered mars bar <laughs> But, but that's yeah, crazy because that used to get when I used to work in shops that used to get people a lot they'd be like I am here to cash in on the lifetime warranty bike was like 10 years old and I'd be like yeah it was the bike's lifetime which is say five or seven years mm-hmm. or whatever
1: mm-hmm. yeah which is what Santa Cruz officially says right now um and I think you know uh, Rocky Mountain is sim- similar I don't think it's it is again a limited lifetime warranty lifetime of the product five-ish years usually Again, actually, while I'm talking about Rocky Mountain, shout out to Bill, who I used to work with. He was the, uh, he was the Rocky Mountains, uh, warranty guy. He cared so much about riders getting back on their bikes. Mm. Um, and, uh, Bill, Bill has retired. So congrats, Bill. Well-deserved. You kept a lot of people on bikes and, uh, yeah, uh, I think it definitely matters that, that the people at the brands care and understand
0: and what do you think the scope is on transferring ownership because that's a, mm-hmm. a sort, i think it sort of changed a bit because it used to be when you just get some like you know maybe even handwritten receipt it yeah. wasn't actually related to the customer it wasn't on like an uh, an internal system that had your name on you could sell a bike and pass on the receipt you know what i mean those so, days are kind of gone
1: yeah again it if brands want to be shitty about it, they will find a way to be shitty about it. Like it's, it's semantics. And that's why I'm kind of saying I held up Santa Cruz as an example within the industry anyways, of a brand that maybe doesn't have the best on paper warranty, but they, they deliver, whereas there might be other brands that have amazing on paper warranties, super broad, super general, and uh, then they find a way to you know, like, oh well, you didn't get it done through our shop and it the the technician didn't sign off on this and that and there's just so many hoops to jump through. So Yeah. Do you think, Henry, do you think that as a as a consumer, if you were purchasing a bike, would you look at the warranty
0: uh early no. on
1: in the process? No.
0: I wouldn't look at all. I know that sounds bad. I'm not a no. bike breaker. Am I look, mm-hmm. you know it's something that yeah, I, I know. I'm, perhaps I should, but I would just be like, ah, it's going to be probably the same, and a good relationship with the shop's probably worth more than the small print. Um, ph- I would go, I'd prioritize going to a cool shop than a a
1: than thousand a, percent. Yeah, a thousand percent. I also, I I think it would. It's the kind of thing that I don't think brands are leaving money on the table by not having a warranty as broad as some of the the broadest. I do think that that might help people close sale. It might not open the sale, but it might close the sale. Yeah, you know, if you're looking considering two bikes, they're both XT with a Grip Two damper, and you know, in the same category, cost roughly the same. One of them has a is one of them is more confident in their warranty than the other, just by the reading of it. You might go for that one. But that's
0: that's the interesting thing when we talk about confidence. Mm -hmm. So, say someone offers a bigger a more generous warranty maybe for a longer duration or whatever mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean more confident in the product in terms of reliability it probably means they just have better handle on their margin because they factored in the failure rate yeah I th- and that's what we see with carbon wheels right people mm-hmm. oh lifetime unlimited warranty but the prices go. going it's all it all balances out so i think with wheels that's a, a really good point it's very much factored
1: into the margin um my experience at with bike brands is that it's price is dictated by what the market will bear rather than uh they're not going like oh okay like we've got you know whatever a a three percent failure rate and therefore this is going to cost us x so we have to add y margin to the thing and like bikes all brands aren't they're not there trying to get the price as low as possible. I know this might shock some people. They're not there trying but, to get the low price as low as possible. So they're they're literally, they're literally charging what the market will bear. So I don't, yeah, I don't think that's it, the case.
0: It is interesting though, you know, I think for instance, Santa Cruz do a really good job of doing, we talk about Santa Cruz a lot, just because I think they're sort of an outlier <laughs> in terms of the way they do their warranty. Mm-hmm. Just in that, for instance, they do a lifetime warranty on bearings as well. Oh, now, this is interesting make, yeah. because really what it does is it creates, in my opinion, a, a set of opinions held by the wide the, the you know our, our readership for instance that santa cruz have a lot of faith in their bikes therefore it must be a better build quality which therefore justifies the price but actually you could reverse engineer it, and come to the same conclusion they have a larger price because they're happier to warranty more bikes or more parts do you know what i mean and they go i'm not saying obviously i think they are pretty good build quality like that v10 is an absolute pleasure to work on and they built pretty bloody strong, but I think it's interesting that it can go both ways.
1: Yeah, I doubt, to be honest, I doubt that that program costs them very much money. And I think it probably generates a lot of loyalty within the sort of core people. I think the vast majority of people who buy mountain bikes, period, from any brand, talking about high-end mountain bikes, doesn't know what a bearing is. Obviously our readership is different, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I suspect that Many, many people go like, oh, my bike feels a bit bad. I'm going to bring it to the bike shop. and that's Yeah, it.
0: well, that was that was so interesting about, I think, when direct-to-consumer brands really started mm-hmm. kicking off because I think that a lot of people were getting absolute steals on bikes with XT, for instance. Mm-hmm. And then they were going to a bike shop having, maybe they did know, maybe they didn't know that much about how to maintain a bike. They go in two years later after absolutely ragging it. And it's a hard thing to stomach. Be like, well, I bought this bike for, say, I know two thousand mm-hmm. dollars. This is back in the day. It came with full XT, and you're telling me now that I've got to spend six hundred dollars on replacing everything because I never did. And they're like, but but, and they, maybe it's hard to acknowledge that mm-hmm. they got such a good deal in the first place. I remember one time when YT were first getting really big, and maybe two thousand and probably two thousand thirteen, two thousand fourteen. This guy had that Capra, one of that green ones. Maybe it was a bit later. Had that first generation Pike on it, and I said. Oh, what do you think of um what do you think of the bike? He's like, "Yeah, it's okay. I mean, you know, having a few reliability issues." And I said, "Oh, what's happened?" He's like, "Well, and basically it transpired that a DU bush had gone after 6 months." And he was like, "Can you believe it?" I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah. actually, I can." But what what does a good warranty look like to you then, Brian? What would you be looking for?
1: So, I think going back to what you said earlier about durability, I do think that a certain in in a good in a sort of a positive reading of a generous warranty it does indicate that a brand has faith in their product and especially these days bikes are really fucking good and mm. frame menu like frame makers know how to make a frame we're not changing techniques like we're not we're not in as a doing a wholesale change to aluminum like when when the entire industry went from steel to aluminum and then again from aluminum to carbon at the high end like every time those wholesale changes happened yeah shit broke a lot and Mm. and it was the manufacturing's fault that doesn't happen as much anymore um
0: bikes are quite good hey they're really good i think i think there are some i think there are some bikes that i don't necessarily enjoy riding which which comes up from time to time but i think Bikes tend to be made pretty well i've got to say mm-hmm. i think the the way they're made um and i think we're probably gonna wrap it up there now i think maybe get into the comments because what do you look for in one team does it actually matter to you i mean for me like i was saying i always think about the vendor i'm very vendor focused brian mm-hmm. it sounds sounds like you kind of would agree with that that it's good to get through a, a shop that you trust
1: yeah i mean i will say that the the direct brands they they tend to cover less um I don't and yt gets held up i think there's a lot of people that talk shit on yt in in the comments and i suspect that that's maybe earned in the past just in terms of service um where they didn't have enough service to deal with the demand or to deal with the product in market um but i don't necessarily say that that's specifically warranty as much as just the business didn't have as much uh as many resources dealing with services they needed to because most brands have shops facing the customers. And if you don't have that, like that workforce is important. So
0: yeah, but that's also what you get, you know, you've got to save costs somewhere and manpower mm-hmm, might mm-hmm. be one of them. Yeah. And that's how one of the benefits of direct to consumer.
1: I will, I will call out Canyon. They do a good job of, even though their warranty is only two years, they cover, they consider it the whole bike as a thing. So, uh, all of the parts on the original component manufacturers on the bike they cover, which is really oh, yeah. cool. That's yeah. Really cool. And, and so like they, they see it that way, whereas other brands see it. Well, we just make the frame, let the brake people deal with the brakes that have an issue. So I think that's interesting. I don't think that there's a huge amount of warranty abuse again these days. So for me, yeah, a, a, a five year warranty, uh, it's fine. I, I would really like to see it get, tr- make it transferable. Yes. Um, that would be
0: cool. Yeah, because people uh, are going to try and do it anyway. will yeah, make it a bit easier. Yeah. <laughs> do you know I, what I mean, <laughs>
1: here, here, I just think especially like some European countries have this as law, but like make the warranty tied to the product not the not the purchaser.
0: Mm.
1: And yeah, that Yeah, that to see. That and I for me, I don't and a 9-year-old bike that has been rat-bagged and gets a crack in the chainstay like that to me isn't a reflection of the quality of the brand although I do think bikes should last 10 plus years but I don't know I'm not going to stress about that necessarily in the same way that yeah uh, I'm not thinking about that at purchase and I think that it's fine to do crash replacement when I put a giant dent in my chainstay and it's an eight-year-old bike
0: I don't know I, I completely agree I think that it's realistic important but wouldn't it be nice if they all did did last at least through that first two, three, four, five year period. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, get in the comments guys, what is, you know, it'd be great to, I think we often hear about bad warranty experiences. It'd be really great to actually mm-hmm. hear about some good warranty experiences in the comments. What brands or component manufacturers have you been really, really happy with? And it'd be great to get some bit of positivity and shedding some light. Yeah. And um, thank you very much for tuning in. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you next time. I don't know if Levy how long is curling camps for, but he'll be back soon or later. Thanks guys.